time is what makes a share move, what makes its price move. Sometimes people put this uh, in a different way. They say, how do you analyze a company? And what they mean is, how do you analyze a company without getting a PhD or being a screen slave or getting a headache? And quite frankly, that's the problem. And it's all encapsulated in a nutshell. And my job in this program is to explain this. And let me explain it in outline first so you can understand the overarching principles. Okay, first and foremost, there's lots of factors which contribute to the moving of a share price. That is obvious. You should be shocked if you didn't think that was obvious. Some of these factors are more important than others and just to make things more complicated, their importance varies over time. If it were not so, everybody would be rich. Okay, what are these factors? Well, some of the most important factors are, of course, the valuation of a company. It's not the only factor. And just to make things even more complicated, the valuation of a company and analyzing it varies. Some people say you should value it based on its share price compared to the profits it makes, also known as price earnings. Others say you should measure the share price not on the profits it makes, but the rate at which those profits are growing. Others still say, well, no, should be measured on the share price to the book value. What's it worth if you had to have a fire sale and sell it all? Others still will say, no, 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 no. What about unprofitable companies whose share price keeps moving up and up and up? And after all, you're never going to fire sale a company. So let's look at their sales and ignore profits altogether. And others still say, no, 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 no. A company or any asset is just worth all its future earnings brought forward to today or discount cash flow. All of these models have their benefits and their downsides. At some points, some will be better at forecasting a price than at other times. The problem is they all combine an element of truth. And there's another problem. Valuation is not the only thing which will move a share price. Another factor is growth of the company whether it's growth in sales, so should we monitor that? Maybe it's growth in profits. After all, sales in an unprofitable company may suggest they're having a fire sale. They're on the brink of bankruptcy, which is why they're selling. And of course, maybe growth in cash flow. After all, earnings we know accountants can manipulate or profits, uh, but cash is harder to manipulate. So maybe it's cash flow we should look at. But then again, what's cash flow without profit? And profit could be manipulated. So maybe we should look at sales. Again, you see the complications. There's many different factors. And is growth more important than valuation? Or is valuation more important than growth? And which measures of valuation? Which measures of growth? Let's make things a bit more complicated, shall we? There's another set of factors. The income a company generates. That's going to impact its share price. Is it paying dividends? If suddenly a company which has never paid dividends starts announcing it's going to give you dividends, its share price, all other things being equal, will rise. 
So dividends have some role to play. And if a price of a share drops sharply, then th you can pick up more shares for every thousand uh, pounds or thousand dollars you have and if you can pick up more shares that means you're going to earn more dividends because you're going to own more shares and dividends are paid per share you own so all of a sudden if the share price drops it becomes more attractive to buy that share because of the dividends so it puts a floor on a share price so dividends must be important then but what about all those companies that don't pay any dividends in their share price rises and after all let's remember dividends by law can only be paid from earnings or profits which is what earnings are. So surely earnings are important because if we don't know what the earnings are, we can't know what the dividends are. Complexities, complexities. I'm afraid it gets more complicated. Momentum. A, a, a company could just go up because algorithms and hedge fund managers and whoever else has decided, well, it's been going up on an upward slope for a while, so it'll continue. That's what they believe. And how are we going to measure momentum? There's many different methods. There's the trend line. There's things like the moving average convergence divergence. There's the stochastic, all these indicators, mathematical indicators, which tell us whether the price is showing some degree of momentum. There's chart patterns, which historically coincide with price moves. There's media announcements, which may lead to momentum in a stock, but has very little to do with its dividends or earnings or sales growth or, uh, or cash flow or book value, or discount cash flow, uh, have the value to do with any of those. And yet, the share price could be moving as a result of these as well. Oh, just to make it a bit more complicated, there's also statistical analysis. For instance, what are the distribution of returns that a company generally has provided over a six-month period historically? Has it always been up 10% every six months for the last 50 years? Well, that's an important variable. Because if that is the case, then guess what? Momentum, income, growth, and valuation don't matter because statistically we know the answer what's going to happen in the next six months with a high degree of certainty. What about correlation? Is it just highly correlated to the broader market? It might be a stock which if every time the index of which it's a part or the sector of which it's a part goes up, it also rises by the same amount. Well, in that case, it's got very little to do with the company. It's far more to do with the market it's a part of, the global economy it's a part of. Of course, all of these factors weigh in on what moves a share price, but their importance will vary. And there is no one single answer to what is relevant and important they all are but to varying degrees so what are we to do what is the answer what is the grand reveal how do we get a formula for success well logic tells us do not look at only one method of calculating one thing so don't look at just one method of calculating valuation such as discount cash flow that would be foolish. After all, we've just answered. There's many different ways of looking at something and all these things are important. What I far prefer doing, logic alone tells me the answer must be right, is I filter in the interest of safety by looking at everything. By looking at everything, looking at all these factors and weighing them accordingly. It's the weight that I put to them, which comes with expertise, experience, academic literature, which tells me what the weights should be. Now you might say, hang on Alpesh,
what are the weights for price-earnings ratio? Well, it's pretty clear that a company will be overvalued if the price-earnings ratio is higher than if it's lower. Similarly, if price-to-book ratio is higher, it's more likely to be overvalued than if it's lower. Okay? So we know earnings are better than not having them. We know an increase in earnings compared to last year is better than having a decrease in earnings. These things are obvious. It doesn't take a scientist to work that out. Okay? If at any point at all these factors that you're looking at, you're not happy with something, don't buy. You don't have to. The number of people I know just keep analyzing a company going, I can't work out. I'm really worried about its discount cash flow valuation, even though everything else looks okay. Because there is not such a thing as perfection. You're not going to find a perfect valuation, perfect growth on every metric, perfect momentum, perfect income it doesn't exist and because it doesn't exist and you will not be able to find it it is foolish to look for it or think that you will indeed find it it won't happen so what are we then to do well we get to those metrics and there are many online tools as you work through the program you will see which allow you to screen I do it anyway and give you the answers of what I think on evaluation growth income momentum metric are good companies I might look at an analyst forecast for instance and then say well that's an idea now that I've got an idea let me analyze it for value growth income momentum and statistical distribution and give you the answers but what if you want to find your own answers simple as you work through the program you will realize and learn which metrics are good valuation metrics which are good growth metrics let alone common sense tells you a higher price compared to profits is not as good as a lower price compared to profits and there are screening tools and other tools will show you which help you find these answers so then the question arises, what's the difference between a speculator and an analyst or somebody who does analysis? Well, I want you to consider this. Imagine crossing the road. Imagine crossing the road, but looking both ways. Well, you've taken on all relevant information. So when you cross the road and you look both ways, the likelihood of your success is high because you took on all relevant information specifically were there any cars traffic or anything which could cause you harm okay so the chances of you crossing the road successfully are fairly high that's an analyst that's rational analysis right that's somebody who when picking a stock looks at growth metrics valuation metrics income metrics momentum and distribution of statistical analysis as well they put everything into there a speculator is somebody who looks at one piece of information, leaves out lots of important pieces of information. A speculator is somebody, for instance, in the crossing the road analogy, who just looks at the other side of the road and just ensures that there's nothing in their peripheral vision. They don't turn right, they don't look left, they don't do any of that, they just look across. That's a speculator. The danger with a speculator is when it comes to stocks, there's lots of information they ignore, which rationally anybody would say is important to consider and also they only look at usually one piece of information that they found such as well 
I heard this company won a contract. That's a good enough reason. Well, what about all the other factors that you might want to look at? It's like a person crossing the road and saying, oh, I can see a pretty girl opposite. That'll do for me. I'll cross the road. Ignores everything else. Okay? Highly likely to get run over. That's a speculator. A speculator ignores important pieces of information, doesn't attach due weight to them, instead focuses on few pieces of information or irrelevant information completely. They have a lack of discipline, a lack of focus, a lack of analysis, a lack of thought, and usually a lack of logic. That's a speculator, right? That's the difference in a speculator and somebody who does rational analysis. Now, don't get me wrong. Speculators sometimes get lucky. They get to cross the road. At that point, the speculator thinks speculation is the way to go until one day, continuing in their merry habits, convinced that they must be doing something right, they get run over. Simple as that. Let's put it another way. Imagine you're going out on a date. The difference between a speculator and an analyst is the speculator will look at one thing. Oh, the person opposite me has got pretty eyes. I like those eyes. I think I'll get married to them. The rational analyst will take lots more data and weigh it. And should they find there are things they don't particularly like, because nobody's perfect, not even a stock or a company, they may say, however, there are other compensating factors. For instance, they might say the discount cash flow on the valuation of this company is a little bit high. However, the price earnings ratio and the price earnings growth ratio are fine and the growth of the company is strong. Therefore, I like this company. Whereas if the discount cash flow is high and the price earnings ratio and the growth was low, in other words, the company had nothing going for it, then that very same discount cash flow carries more weight as a negative because the company's got absolutely nothing, no redeeming features, no positive qualities. In other words, you could be on a date, two different people looking at two different companies, both with identical, let's say, green eyes, but you pick one over the other. Why? Well, because there are other factors to consider than just the color of their eyes. It's the same thing with stock picking. In fact, it's the same thing with everything in life. We always look at all the information and weigh what we can. Okay, that's how you make a judgment. You do not make it on the fact that, oh, she had a really good handshake. I'll marry her. Given that you don't do that in other parts of life, don't do it in stock selection either. Mm -hmm.